Did you honestly think I was just going to lay down and die? Just quit? Walk away? Nah. I ain't built like that, folks. Today, we are going to talk about the downfall of man. We're going to talk about a trait in a man. It's called ego. And if left unchecked, what happens? We're going to talk about the rise and fall of my life and my career and the lessons I've learned along the way, and hopefully you can take something out of it. Folks, I've always been an open book. And today's no different. It's not about anything else but the lessons I've learned along the way. So folks, welcome back to another episode Stogie from the road. Today we are going to unpack everything. Today we are going to talk about the real, real struggles in a man's life. And if you're going through it, pay attention because I am leaving no stone unturned. I'm going to tell you exactly how I got here, what happened, and where I'm going from here. I'm going to start documenting every aspect of this journey from ego to one's true self. So buckle in, y'all are in for one hell of a ride. Guys, welcome back to another episode of Stogie from the Road. I am your host, Stogie the Trucker. And let's get into it, shall we? Let's get right into the nuts and bolts of why we're here today. The first thing that I want to say before I get started is this is not going to be an episode to where I talk about gossip Um, names, placing blame on how we got here today. Today we are going to unpack where I am in my life, how I got here, and where we're planning on going, and the finite details of it. But I'm going to make it all about me today. And uh, try not to misconstrue that as as something to where I'm just going to sit here and bemoan my poor, miserable, bullshit life and expect you guys to feel sorry for me. I'm not going to do that. Today, I'm going to do something that's very, very difficult for me, but I'm going to do it anyway because there's that saying, anything in life that's difficult to do is usually pretty worthwhile. So that's what we're going to do. It all comes from a 
point that I just said in the beginning of this, which is ego. And we're going to talk about what ego is. Um, I've been following this guy, Wayne Dyer, throughout the week, and I kind of just immediately and initially, because of my ego and what I've, that strong, hardcore trait of mine throughout my entire life, that, that ego thing, I immediately wanted to answer the situation I'm in right away and make excuses right away and do all the stuff that I typically would do, but I had to force myself for an entire week to just sit and be still. I deleted all social networking um, off of my phone, which has been a crutch for me for years, and just got quiet. And uh, it just, I had it, I had to be still. So I started doing some soul searching, talked to a very small group of friends of mine. I have a lot of people I know, but I have very, very, very few friends, and I prefer it that way. Um, and one of the common traits that I've noticed that people told me about when I explained the situation I'm in was it's uh, ego left unchecked. Well, I automatically never thought I had an ego because I knew I never liked myself. One thing that you need to know before we go any farther is when you have this, this trait that I have, you truly know that nobody is going to be harder on yourself than yourself. When everything went awry and I was outed on, on TikTok recently for my bullshit and my way of coping with the stressors of life, um, I, uh, I truly, truly started tearing myself apart and thinking worst case scenario and just, just imploding emotionally to where when the dust all settled, I realized that there was nothing left. One of the things that is essential in, I guess, mastering ego is emptiness. Emptiness is key to this. So thinking that I, I hated myself and I never liked myself, because I truly didn't, and it's going to be a long road until I truly do, um... I just, I thought ego wasn't a thing because I thought ego was, I'm, I'm the best at everything. So I started looking into it and I found out, for example, there are six components of ego. Number one is I am what I have, what I accumulate. My definition of me is I am what I have accumulated. So if I lose my things, that means I don't have any value. Number two is I am what I do, my accomplishments. My entire life over the past three years has revolved around trucking. Oh my God, I just got outed publicly amongst all of my peers. My career is over, which means who am I? I have nothing now. If the career is gone, I'm a nobody.
I'm nothing. I am what other people think of me, my reputation. Oh my gosh. People are saying horrific things about me. My reputation's shot. Might as well just throw me in a hole in the ground. I'm done. I am separate from anybody else. I'm judgmental. Now that I've discovered this, I look back at some of my old YouTubes and some of my old podcasts. How judgmental I was being. I just cringe. I am separate from everything completely. I'm separate from all that is missing from my life. I'm not connected to anything, which means I am just all alone floating in the middle of the ocean. And I'm separate from God. That doesn't even need to be explained. Didn't need any spiritual connection whatsoever. I've got it all figured out. There's zero purpose in ego. Zero. It's not even worth defending, folks. Because ego is all about everything that's outside of you, defining who you are, what people think of you, and all that. And I've learned, you know, in this self-reflective time that's just beginning to start, I'm not done by any means, that the emptiness is key. Strip it all away. Who are you? I was asked that recently. Who the fuck are you, Sean? I don't know. Well, if you don't know who you are, how are you going to know how to act? How are you going to know how to react? What's your baseline? What are you going to do? I don't know who I am. And then when I see comments on TikTok underneath a video saying Sean is this and Sean is that he's a narcissist shady as fuck on and on we go I believe him I don't know myself well enough to where when other people say something about me I believe him I watched a video recently done about me by a former co-worker Dressed me down from head to toe. Took everything I've done, everything I've done with good intention, and just lumped it up into one big pile of shit. Nothing but a liar. Knows nothing about me. I know he knows nothing about me because I've told him nothing. He just looks at me and lumps me into this big pile of shit and reduces everything that I've struggled through in my entire life as that. But I'm so disconnected from myself and who I am and have no clue who I am that for a fleeting moment, I believed him. And those days are over. Because, folks, if I don't know who the fuck I am, how do you? The whole purpose of this is, please understand, and I think I've said this before, there's a good possibility at least one person listening to this can identify with it. 
But if you don't know who you are, why are you believing what people that don't know you say about you? And once you grasp that concept, once that hits you, you are completely and totally free. I've gotten everything you can possibly think of over the past week. From a person whom I respected greatly, telling me I am nothing more than a piece of shit and he never wants to speak to me again. Even though I knew months ago somebody said, hey, be careful of him. When shit gets tough, he'll bail on you and sell you out. I forget that. I was told one time when I was dealing with a little adversity, Sean, you have 75,000 people that follow you that, by and large, most of them care about you. Right now you're at odds with four. Why do you care about the four but not the 75 plus thousand people that like you? I don't know. So I started digging into that a little deeper and I was realizing, because I don't like me. I expect them not to like me. And when they say they don't like me, I believe them. I was listening to this motivational thing recently to try to kind of get my arms around this. And it said, the day I let opinions dictate how I feel about myself is the beginning of the end of me living a blessed and self-loving, secure life. I've been doing that my entire life. Folks, I come from a very, very small town in Ohio that prides themselves on what are the neighbors going to think? What's the community going to think of you when this gets out? You're an embarrassment. You should totally care about what other people think of you. You should get all wrapped up into it and just hinge your value on the opinions of others. That was the baseline mantra of where I grew up in Ohio. You are what your community thinks of you. Got in trouble when I was 19 years old for writing bad checks. Moved out of the house when I was 17, 18. By the time I was 18 and a half, completely destroyed my financial life, was partying, working just enough to get by instead of paying my bills. I went out partying. Well, that left nothing to pay bills with, and one day in my infinite wisdom, I just decided to pay off all my bills with checks. And next thing you know, there's a knock, knock, knock at the door. The law's looking for you. Wound up getting put on probation. That wasn't rock bottom enough for me. I continued to party. I continued to do things and live beyond my means because all I cared about was being a part of everything and everybody and being normal and going to the parties and dating girls and trying to look like Mr. Baller Baller. Then I got my probation violated and I wound up having to go to prison for a while. Got let out, put on probation again, took off. I didn't want to go back. Next thing you know, I'm getting extradited across the country. Chained up like an animal in a bus. Being brought back with murderers and rapists, thieves. 
They sent me to prison again. For that crime of basically fucking up my own credit and my own financial life, I was lumped into a pile of people that were ending people's lives and wreaking havoc in society so badly they had to be locked up like animals and I was right in there with them. They shaved my head. They put me in a brown jumpsuit just like everybody else there. Took away my name and gave me a number. They took away my identity of who I was. Hell, I didn't know who I was in the first place. And then that molded me. Because I was around horrible people. Learned horrible habits. It made me a better father. In the end. It gave me the ability to talk to my kids and say what you think is a minor... Minor boo-boo on your part can definitely... Wholeheartedly... Change the entire course and trajectory of your life. I get out and I have kids. I have five kids and a stay at home wife. What's that have to do with anything? I'll tell you. In a period of time when I should have figured out who the hell I am, I fed and clothed and cared for and did the best I possibly could against all odds to make sure they wanted for nothing while psychologically I starved to death. I didn't take care of me at all. I didn't look deep down inside and find out why do you do what you do. Why is it when you get right towards the finish line or the summit, you burn it all down? Because I don't think I deserve it. I've since in my life collected experience after experience and I throw myself into something wholeheartedly in the pursuance of excellence to be good enough to be accepted and I accomplished a lot <coughs> I definitely did I had a very very elaborate life from working for celebrities in my construction company to being a little rock star for a while I up touring and playing music and standing on a stage for people that reached out just to see if I would touch them. It was a crazy period of my life. And then you walk away from that, and you go back into normal society, normal dad stuff, and then you feel empty again. Well, I used to be this, and I used to be that. Anybody that knows me will know during that period of my life up until now, I wouldn't waste a moment to give you my resume on all that I've accomplished in hopes that I would garner your acceptance and your approval on who Sean is and get you to stroke my ego, validate me, tell me I'm amazing, give me all the kudos that I so desperately yearn for. And then you would. And you know what that would do for me? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. (sighs) 
And I would fight with other people. Because when they wouldn't stroke my ego, they wouldn't validate me, I would fight with them. Dismantle my environment piece by piece. Folks, having an unchecked ego and not recognizing what ego does to you in your life, you will find that you have never gotten any satisfaction. You've never satisfied that hunger of who you are. So anything good that happens, you devalue it or dismantle it. It could be relationships, marriages, relationships with your kids, all the way down to your neighbor and your coworkers. This is really hard for me to do. I'm exposing my soft underbelly to the masses where I went wrong. I knew something was missing when the summit of my existence was eventually just to get a hood as a truck driver. If I had a hood, that would be it for me. That's all I want. Just let me drive and style the way I want to. Let it be the outward imagery of what I think is perfection. And shocker, guess what happens? I get the hood and I go, ugh, is this all there is? So I slap as much chrome on it as I can and as many lights on it as I can and I dress a certain way and I do my videos and paint a picture that I'm larger than life and infallible in every way calling people out for their flaws and ignoring mine publicly and I just was empty I would come home to my home life being on the road and have everything that I've ever thought I would dream of a wall full of expensive guitars new modern furniture half a million dollar home in Washington State and a block away from one of the most beautiful lakes I've ever seen with snow-capped mountains in the background paradise still not happy why why because everything I just told you about has not a frickin' thing to do with me. Nothing. Has everything to do with, on, with what's on the outside of me. So I get promoted because I'm pushing so hard and I never stop working. Never stop working. And the times when I go home, I would work. When I would be at home, instead of spending time with my wife... Polish my truck. I would be in my phone nonstop, just hanging on to how can I gain an edge? How's my acceptance level doing? The little need meter that I was constantly checking and that handheld device. Still nothing. get promoted to public relations 
now this former inmate, this lowlife, this degenerate, this son of a father whom doesn't have anything to do with him is now the face of a multi-million dollar company. Guess what? Still empty. I go to the truck shows and I put my wares on display for all the world to see. Look at this truck. Look at this truck. Look at who I am. I'm the king of the world. Still empty. Get some notoriety online and next thing you know, your inbox is full of beautiful women. Some beautiful, some not. But women nonetheless. So you seek out the comfort from them. You start talking to them while your wife's at home. And they start telling you how great you are and how your life would be perfect if you just joined their team. You know you're not going to. You have no intention to. But you stay and you just drink in all that affirmation and all that ego stroking. Just, just keep it in your pocket for when you need it, like a drug. And then you find yourself meeting with them. Then next thing you know, you're cheating on your wife. You guessed it. Still empty. But now on top of the emptiness is guilt. You know you're a piece of shit. You know you're human fucking garbage. But you do it anyway. Because the ego is more important. It's more important than the here and the now. It's too fucking hard to throw away that drug. It's too hard to let that shit go. Because you know you're going to need it. You've needed it your entire life. You need people to tell you how great you are. Because you know you are what you have. You know you are what you do. You know you are what people think of you. Just checking off all those little ego boxes day after day after day. Just tell me one more time how great I am. Maybe if you tell me one more time, I'll believe it. Well, you guessed it, folks. Time ran out. And now it's out there for the whole world to see. The ego monster is on display. 
the fingers are out. People are pointing at you, judging you, calling, calling you everything but your name. And if they use your name, it's only for the purpose to hurt you. Oh, folks, and it worked. It fucking worked. With one TikTok, I lost my marriage. Lost my car. My car. My beautiful sports car that I put so much value in because when I drove it around, I am somebody. Nah. I got that damn thing. It still didn't make a fucking bit of difference. It's not the TikTok's fault, folks. I'm not saying that. That TikTok was... Man, that TikTok was, frankly, exactly what I needed. Because in a matter of seconds, minutes, hours, I watched everything crumble my career my reputation my home life can't come home you come home I'll call the police your shit's going into storage and the king of the world is now nothing but a homeless joke So you're allowed to come home. You convinced her you can come home. And then you find out she knew all along. And your car is gone. And plans have been made for the elimination of you. The mess, the destructive you to be removed from her life. Your co-workers know. There's all kinds of text messages and conversations going, he's doing it again, isn't he? Then a day or so later, one by one, your kids call you. Dad, what the fuck? What have you done? all the way down to I don't want you around my son anymore my beautiful grandson if you follow me on TikTok you'll see that I saw him for the first time recently little Lucas happiest moment of my life was spending a day with him recently My legacy. Part of me. Gone. So, what does that leave me? I'm not telling you this to feel sorry for me. I'm not. I'd be pissed if you were because you're missing the point. I'm telling you this. 
because I got exactly what I needed. Emptiness. Nothing around me mattered anymore because it was all gone. And I was alone to sit and think. The question I kept going through my mind is how do I get here? How did I get here? What have I done? What have I done? How did I get here? What have I done? And slowly, from talking to a core group of very dear friends of mine, I realized exactly what I did. I ignored me. I never in my entire life acknowledged me. I saw an interview with Jesse James recently, and it was like he was talking about my life. Felt empty and miserable and all of that to where his only solution to it was to work, just work and work and work to the point of delirium, to mind-numbing delirium. I'm like, dude, that's exactly what I did. I can tell you, hands down, I didn't have a day off in over three years. I'd use my vacation time to prepare for truck shows and bragged about it. Never, ever took a moment to ask myself a very simple question. Who the fuck are you? He also said in the interview, he's like, I have a perfect life. And then I go out and I burn it all down just to bang some stripper. And then stand there in the end and go, why do I do what I do? Why do I do what I do? And now it's as plain as the nose on my face. Because you never took care of you. You never sat and said, who are you? You never got quiet enough. Because the internet always talked over you. In this entire process on how I got here, I developed this character, Stogie the Trucker, this alter ego, this all or nothing, all about trucking character that loves trucking so, so much and he wants you to come and truck with him too. I'll be your best friend. And I will make myself so self-important for the purpose of satisfying me by building myself up to a point to where I need you to brag about knowing me. And then that, that'll be it, man. Hey, I know Stogie. I know Stogie the trucker, this fictional character that's happy all the time, that's always there for you, that'll sit there and listen to you while you call up and tell him all your problems, and he'll sit there and try to fix them for you. Fuck yeah, I'll fix them for you. Gets me out of doing my job, which is taking care of me and figuring out who I am. 
I'm really scared about what I'm going to find. The alter ego. The bumbling idiot that runs around and says he's so happy. But in the past two and a half, three, almost four years, I don't know, three years of being a truck driver, I can tell you four to five incidents where I seriously, and man do I mean it seriously, contemplated taking my own life out on the road. So close to the end. And the only reason I didn't do it is because I was worried about Bonnie. What's going to happen to my little lady, my little girl? I can't do that to her. She's just going to sit in the car with me, waiting for the police to find me. Be going over the edge of some freaking mountain to where we both die and hurt her. So I hung on, and I'm glad I did. Because now I'm here. I didn't make it. I'm not done. I haven't figured it all out yet. But when you find out the why, you can figure out the how. How do I fix this? How do I turn it all around and become the man I need to be so I can experience true bliss? I'm tired of fighting myself. I'm tired of fighting you. All I ever deal with is the unsolicited opinions of people that can't uh, can't go five minutes without picking me apart that used to bother me oh, I said it ad nauseum I would just say why do these people why do they talk about me and to me like I'm nothing to fucking worry about you have any idea the level of anger I have got built deep down inside of me? Do you have any idea who the fuck you're dealing with? Now that I'm here, I could care less. Like I said before, if I don't know me, you sure as fuck don't. Where do we go from here? Well, I take these six things and I look at them and I reflect on them deeply. I am what I have. Okay, let's free yourself of that, Sean. Now you know it could all go tomorrow. How do you get happy in the, the midst of it all? I am what I do. You almost lost your job because of your bullshit. What are you going to do if that really happens? (sighs) 
I talked to a good friend of mine, multiple ones, and they said, bro, own that shit. Own it and you'll be a better man. The burden will be off your chest and you can move on. Man, that's hard. It's hard to sit here in front of you all tell you what makes me tick. Because shit, chances are pretty freaking likely that some of you out there are going to use it in your favor. And you know what? I'll go on record right now saying it's okay if you do. I don't care. Because it doesn't define me. I've experienced now officially emptiness. Losing it all. Thinking I lost it all. I experienced it all. But might I add a little piece of advice? When you do, because you will, ask yourself why you feel the need to. Are you so empty that the only happiness that you're going to receive in this life is watching the demise of me? I know there's people that do. I've just watched it. My good friends, Big Mike, people like that. He posted this thing. He says, it's so sad watching people celebrate somebody's downfall. People celebrated this chapter of my life. And I'm not going to lie, that shit hurt. Because there was a brief period where I'm like, these fucking people that I have fought for their approval they don't care if I live or die they love it they love seeing the falling of me now of course you do of course you do you hate me because you are me you are me you don't like you either. So instead of addressing that, it's so much easier to pile up on me instead. Because then people look at you and go, oh, you're, vindic- you're vindicated. You are, you are free and clear now. Because look at that shit show, Sean. That one hit me the most when I saw this former acquaintance, not friend, acquaintance of mine, Never did a video, ever, since I've known him. Now, I don't claim to be perfect, but there's a lot of videos I've done. There's a lot of shit that I've done for the purpose of helping somebody in total disregard of me. But I got to witness something fascinating. I watched a person whom I've known was not a good person from the beginning whom has never done any of that. But when it all hit the fan, he started with a post that said, today's a good day. Today is a good day because I'm watching him burn. That wasn't enough. He wasn't fulfilled enough by that. Had to follow it up with a video 
and completely methodically went through every aspect of what I have done and said it's all a lie. Well, you're half right, buddy. It was a lie. The lie was that I was okay. That I was good to go. And I'm here to be here for you. Not that I have wanted to take my own life over and over and over again. Not that I've wanted to just disappear into obscurity. Not that I was so weak that I couldn't bear one more phone call from you. And just summer up, summarize my life is meaningless. He's never done a video to help anybody, but won't pass a moment, won't pass a moment up to tear another man down when he's already down. I'm not mad. I'm mad at him at all for it. Look at the lesson I learned from it. Where do we go from here? Starts with very clear boundaries with people. I'm on a exploration to find out who I am and to be honest with myself and let all these six aspects of ego go to the wayside and find out who I truly am. So it's very clear boundaries. You're not getting close to me. Come to grips with who I am. Come to grips with what I've done. And move the fuck on. But do the work on myself before I do. I'm devastated. On what I did to the people along the way that cared about me. Devastated by it. But that feeling will only be permanent if I stay where I am. Wallow in self-pity and feel sorry for myself and all that happy hoopla horse shit. What do I do? How do I fix this? I walk the walk. I get up every single day and do the work. The journey from ego to one's true self. So, the game has changed, folks. There's a new mission. It's not saving the trucking industry. It's very simple. I'm going to document this journey. My videos are going to be a check-in of accountability on where I'm at and the growth along the way. And it's going to be a lifelong journey. 
and I'm going to demonstrate a level of accountability that I've avoided my entire life by sharing each and every bit of it with you. No holds barred. No fluff, no bullshit. No look at me shit, just the real deal. I'm going to demonstrate a level of courage that I was convinced that I did not have by being my authentic, true self regardless of the fear I have of each and every one of you making fun of me the entire time. And those of you that do and plan on doing this I don't care this isn't for you this is for the people that are going through the same shit that I'm going through you know in the beginning of this podcast I said this is a journey of a man the downfall of man this could be a woman too this could be a teenager who's just getting started This could help somebody, and if it helps one, if I have to expose this path that I'm on for all the world to see, and it helps one person, then it's worthwhile. What is that saying I say all the time? True success in life is the world is a better place because you have lived. You know, the other night, on all the Facebook and TikTok and Instagram and all that stuff is off my phone. I realized I didn't have anything to do. My daily habit, my little junkie fix that I leaned on my entire life was all gone. What do I do? I was sitting down and I looked on the shelf in my office and I saw my mom and my dad's wedding knife. You know, the knife that you use to cut the cake. And I always was like, you know, I've lost everything in my life as far as mementos and things from my past. I never held on to anything, lost it, moving and whatnot. And uh, I saw it. I'm like, why is that thing so important to me? Was it a happier time before mom and dad started beating the shit out of each other? Does it represent a happier time of my life before mom and dad got tired of beating the shit out of each other and started beating the shit out of me? Did it represent a time before my dad turned into such a monster that he felt it was okay to break my fucking arm when I was in the third grade? I don't know. But right next to it was a cigar box. So I opened up that cigar box sat down in my office and I saw my mom's diary it's all I have left of her after she killed herself her diary and underneath her diary after I thumbed through that a little bit I found an envelope my mom used to write me when I was in prison Nobody ever visited me when I was a 19-year-old inmate. Nobody. 
but mom would write me every day. And I looked in the envelope and there was nothing there. And I was like, that's right, I probably lost these two. And I thumbed through it a little more and then I found one. An envelope from 1997. April 25th, 1997. And it was thick. There was a letter in there. And I opened it up. And I was immediately whisked back in my mind into that 4 by 8 prison cell on that military cot that had the springs that would stick in your back. It was a sunny day. The envelope still had that smell to it. It smelled like my mom's house for all these years. I remember smelling it while I sat on my bunk. And she would write to me all day long. Good morning, son. It's 4.30 in the morning and I can't sleep. My heart is breaking because I feel like I'm in there with you. Good afternoon, son. I just made lunch. I remember when you were a little guy and on and on we go. And then she proceeded to tell me Son, I love you. But you need to look in the mirror. Find out who you are. I want you to see what God sees. You're a part of God. You need to see what you are. Find out who you are. Don't roam around in the desert for 40 years because it's stupid and it's a waste of time. And then she said, you're going to be somebody someday. You're going to help somebody someday. You're going to make a difference. You're going to be something great. For the first time since 1998, when my mother decided to take a handgun, as she sat on her air mattress in her apartment she was getting evicted from, and shot herself in the chest. For the first time since she wrote that suicide note that said, Dear God, make my passing quick and without pain. I love all my children and grandchildren. Love always, Mom. And she put that letter down and put it right next to her purse and her wallet with her ID open. Put the gun to her chest and pulled the trigger. She shot herself in the chest so she could have the open casket, folks. So people could 
wail and mourn and look upon her with regret and sadness at the loss of her. She didn't realize that the pain of that and the agony of that was going to be so great that she would roll over onto her stomach and take her last breath. She would roll off of that air mattress onto her stomach and die. She had no way of knowing that it would be two weeks before anybody would find her. And that when you die face down, all the blood pools to your face, to the lowest part of your body. Her face was black. My mother was so badly decayed when they found her. They couldn't have an open casket. She did all of that because she thought, I am what I have. I am what I do. I am what other people think of me. I am separate from everyone else. I am separate from all that is missing from my life. I'm separate from God. I called home after that. I didn't know. Nobody told me. When I called home, I was calling home to tell my mom, because I lived in another state, that my wife and I just got our ultrasound back and my first child was going to be a little girl. I tried calling my sister first and she didn't answer. So I called my mom instead. And my Aunt Betty answered the phone and she said, Sean, you need to call your sister. I said, why? I'm, just, I'm calling to let you guys know we got the ultrasound back. We're having a little girl. I said, I tried calling Jess. She... Uh, she didn't answer. Why? What's going on? She goes, Sean, I promised Jess that she would be the one to tell you. And I knew. Kinda. She said, Sean, we buried your mom two weeks ago. She killed herself. That's how I found out. It took me a long time. Months and months later, I finally went back home to Ohio. And I couldn't process it. When I found out, I... I punched a hole through my closet door, I remember. Just going to the bedroom and... Punching a hole. Punching that door so hard, all that was left was a frame of it. Ending that day that I found out 
sitting on the floor of the bathtub in the shower. My ex-wife told me that she remembers opening up the curtain and knowing that there was literally nothing she could do. All the emotions, all the agony, by the time I got back to Ohio, I couldn't make sense out of it. I couldn't figure it out. It felt like she just went on vacation and is never planning on coming back. Like what you don't call, you're never going to call? So I scheduled an appointment to go to the sheriff's department, told him who I was, and said I need to see the pictures. I need to see the pictures. The sheriff looked at me and he was just like, I, are you sure? I said, yeah. He said, okay, well, come up tomorrow after one o'clock. And I went there. He took me into a room and he said, I'm going to talk to you first. He said, you know, what he found and why it's like that. He was preparing me for what I was about to see. He was worried about what he would do to me. He took me into a room. He had all the pictures laying out on the table. I had a VCR. I'll never forget it, it was a VCR. And he told me that uh, this is what they do. They When they get to a scene, it goes from front door to the walk all the way in. So it was like I got to watch a movie of what it would be like to see it. And uh, the door opened and they go into this apartment. Not a stick of furniture. A couple pictures leaning against the wall and a bunch of boxes. Not a table, not a chair, nothing. It looked like a vacant apartment somebody was moving out of. Go into the kitchen, go down the hallway, look in the bathroom, look in the spare bedroom. You go through the door. The camera turns to the left and it's a little little like nook that women have to where you can have a little tiny stool I don't know what you call them but like a makeup area and there was a nice kind of like Victorian style brass chair with a white cushion on it and around that little area there was every bit of perfume makeup little knickknack you could think of all the things that I remember of my mother when I was a kid just that what you would use to look good on the outside 
then the camera pans to the right and there it is an air mattress on the floor with the body of a woman laying on the left side of the mattress face down on the right side of the bed is the suicide note and her wallet on the bed there's a brown stain from dried blood I can see your legs it's what you'd see in a horror movie I could see your hand her left arm was palm down on the ground and her right arm was across her forehead like she put her forehead on her forearm with her right hand up and her hand was frozen almost like a claw I could see how it all happened What were her thoughts in those last moments? I finally did it. I wish I wouldn't have done it. Where am I going when I leave here? What have I done? Did it all just go black? And that was it. And then lo and behold, in my darkest hour, sitting in my office for the first time since then, for the first time since 1997 when she wrote that letter, my mother spoke to me, gave me a lesson from the beyond when I needed it the most because I didn't hear it when she wrote it I read that letter and all I wanted to hear was I'm going to get you out of there she didn't tell me what I wanted to hear then she was telling me what I needed to hear but I didn't listen well mom I heard you Thank you. <sighs> well, folks, I think that's about enough for today. We'll continue on. We'll keep going. I'm not quitting. And I'm not giving up. Because, folks, those of you that were counting on me quitting, you didn't realize that I saw firsthand what quitting looks like. And I ain't going out like that. Guys, 
I hope you're happy, healthy, loving, and living life. No Bonnie and I'll see you on the back hall. Giddy up. I wonder if you'd stay If you knew the things I've kept away I wonder what you'll do Would you charge me with your hate? You never really knew Just how terribly I needed you You are nowhere to be found I was falling fast into the ground That night There was no one there To end the fight Remember what I did Here was no one really Just a kid Have I lost Have I
you know the things I've kept away.